Walker, that Texas. was before I even was in Texas. Bro, like that Walker, dude. Texas. <laughs> Bro, is that. Walker, Texas Ranger as big in Texas as I feel like it should be? No, no <laughs> it's not. It's not? Well, but Chuck Norris, hearts, maybe. But, <laughs> I mean, Chuck is. I mean, is, is he dead? No. 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 <laughs> this is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel, here with our usual Corey and James, but today is extra special. Today is extra special it's because- It's a holiday. It, a holiday. It is a holiday. Happy holidays, everybody. We have uh, two special guests with us. We actually got a whole crew of special guests, but here on the podcast today, we have Kendrick and Trey, who are joining us from Dallas, Texas. What's up? What up? What up? <laughs> Welcome, guys. So, you know what, I actually, I'm not even going to ask because Corey's the one who, who truly cares about all things food, and so I'm going to let him go ahead and ask our start question. Yeah, listen, so, so anyone, anyone who knows me really well knows that like, I, love, uh, I love to play host, I love to make recommendations on, on where to go. Uh, I believe in my whole heart that I know all of the best spots. Uh, so one of the things that I think is a is a must is that when you go to a place that you've never been um, or that you're not uh, ri- originally from or there super often, you gotta you gotta try the spots that are in that place. So if somebody's coming to to Dallas, Texas, and I understand that da- like it's a big area, so you can be more specific about like yo, if you're in you know Keller or Oak Cliff right. or whatever. Right. Um, what's 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 the spot? That that when my plane lands, what's the what's the spot I gotta go to? All right, first it depends on which airport. Dallas is huge, but we'll say you, Dallas Love. That's the favorite airport of mine. Okay. Uh, so we are in Oak Cliff, my wife and I. Uh, Oak Cliff, that's my hood. That's hey, how you're supposed Oak to say. It. Don't, <laughs> let it, don't let it fall. That's my hood. Uh, and tacos. First thing I think of. You got to try is tacos. Some people may say barbecue. I'll let Trey hit that one since he likes barbecue. Uh, but taco, our taco spot of choice is called Trompos. You got to have the little Trompos. Mm-hmm. And it, Trompos are actually uh, Lebanese-inspired Mexican tacos. So they make it on like what you would make a gyro on or, or a kebab, and they slice it off. It's this red meat, and they put it on everything. They, they have it on burgers. They have it on in tacos, quesadillas. It's all good. And then they have these street corn, the uh, elotes, mm-hmm. and the street corn. All right, they mix this cream on top of it, and they sprinkle it with a little. Uh, it to me, it tastes like takis. I don't know what it actually is, but takis. put Maybe. a taki, put some takis on it. I'll eat it. So, so trompos would definitely be the spot. And a lot of restaurants have trompos, the type of taco. But there's a place in Oak Cliff called trompos. So hit it up. That sounds amazing. That sounds dope. I need to check that out. Well, there's, I'm going to say, so this is Trey. Um, our church is in Keller, but we live in Hearst, which is maybe about 15 minutes outside of Keller. And there's this soul food slash barbecue spot that I try to take everyone to. I, did, did I? I don't think I took y'all to it, but. Um, oh, your favorite people. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> but um, it's called Rosacco's. It's like a minute from my house. And the barbecue and the soul food is amazing. It's a hole in the wall. Don't look around too long. You know, don't yeah. look at, don't go in the bathroom. Don't, 
you know, don't look at the kitchen too long or you'll, you'll want to leave. But the food. <laughs> that's the best kind of stuff. That's the best kind of stuff. But the food is legit, bro. I mean, greens, yams, oh, macaroni and that's cheese. That's real. That's soul food. That's soul food, bro. And, like, the brisket is tender. The pork is pulled pork is tender. The ribs, all of it's phenomenal. The jerk chicken is legit. It's legit. And so, Rosacco's, that's the, that's the jump off right there. I didn't grow up on yams. That's like a recent discovery, you yeah. know, and la- this might not be shocking to you. Um, and man, since discovering yams, that Bro. is a game changer. That is my favorite side in the world. It's amazing. It's amazing. A candy yam. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Oh, it's so good. I made my first. Uh, I made my first sweet potato pie two weeks ago. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. prison. Oh my gosh, I've I've eaten it. I've never tried to make it. I tried mm-hmm. to make it. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't do a terrible job. Um, there's some stuff I would do different next time. But man, like yams and sweet potato pie are like the two things that like that is what I pick up when I go to a soul food place because I did not discover them until I was like in my late twenties, and I, my my greatest regret is not having them for the first few decades of my life. Now, this can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you a sweet potato pie person or a, a pumpkin pie person? So. I never actually liked pumpkin pie growing oh, okay. up, and I never had sweet potato pie mm-hmm. until I was older. I am uh, 100% of the time, if the two are offered, I will take the sweet potato That's pie. That's what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. 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 Right yeah. One of the first times evangelicalism deceived me. One of the very first times. <laughs> one of the first times was when I was at Malone. I was in the, I was in the dining hall, mm-hmm. and it was, it was fall. So I walk in. And me and the homie Lawrence see this pie. Oh yeah, oh, they're the I, same I, color. I walked in. I was like, I was like, yes. And then I seen people. I was like, why are people putting whipped cream on the sweet potato pie? Yeah, that's. I was like, what's happening? I was like, I'm gonna go get. Man, I got the biggest slice I could find. Took a fork, and man, I put that in my mouth and I spit it right out. That's disrespectful. I, it was. How dare them not label it? Was, it. You need to label that. They just assumed. Did you right. right away, or do you think it was a bad sweet potato pie? Oh no! I just thought something was a little off, but in my head and in my heart, yeah, that was one of the first times I was deceived. Crazy. I'm sorry, oh, that's girl. Rough. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah, take heed lest you fall. Lest you fall. Lest you fall. That's the worst too. When you think that you're getting something, and until you take a bite of it. You don't realize how different it is than what you thought it was. Yeah. Like when somebody accidentally gives you diet coke, that's the oh, that's that's, 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 that's trash. Oh, you know what happened to me one time? Our friend set up this ice cream bar, and I thought that I had scooped vanilla ice cream Mm-mm. and then put all these toppings on it associated with the flavor of vanilla ice cream. It wasn't coconut. It was coconut. Oh, it was co- it was Eddie deceiving me with his love for coconut ice. It was coconut oh, ice cream, and I thought it was vanilla. Funny. Oh, it was foul. I don't That's rock with coconut. No, me neither. Coconut anything. Me neither. Anti-coconut. This for thing. sure. Yeah. I'll mess with a coconut. Y'all are acting like y'all it's evil. <laughs> <laughs> it it's is. It's not that bad. Bro, you need coconut, bro? Yeah, I will. I'm not. I don't go out and try to find it, but I'll eat it if it's there. Like if it's present, you'll yeah. get down with the cake. But it's got to like be a German chocolate cake oh, or something like that. Yes, I'll do that. No, or almond joy. I used to get almond joy for Halloween. People hand it out. That's when I realized I think I like coconuts. Bro, you rock with the coconut. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> the hard things pack. you learn on the podcast, bro. <laughs> so hard. We hang out every week. And it's my first time learning that he rocks with coconut. It's bro. not. It's not that I have a 
proclivity towards it. I'm just not against it. Like okay. y'all seem to be. Okay. But I'm that way with food. I just I'll eat pretty much any food. Any food? Pretty much anything I can eat. I'm allergic to some things. Okay. So tell us uh, tell us about Dallas. Tell us what's going on. The coconut trees are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dallas is Dallas is cool, man. I um, I'm from Milwaukee, was born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, raised in Racine, Wisconsin. Let's be clear, Racine, Wisconsin, um, and moved to Virginia to go to undergraduate, and then from there moved to Texas, and I've been in Texas ever since. And so, um, I love Texas. I love the weather. I love that the sun's always shining. I love the people are kind. Um, it's 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 a it's a dope place. I like it. Um, yeah, that's what's, that's what's popping in Dallas. Kendrick, Kendrick, you just got there right before the pandemic, right? So, like, have you you feel like you figured it out yet or, or what? Uh, I don't know that I'll ever figure it out. <laughs> Dallas is huge, and Dallas is a lot of things to a lot of people. Like, you could live in Keller, which is technically north of Fort Worth, and still be in Dallas to some people. Or if there's a conference there, you say it's in Dallas. So it took me a while to figure out what is actually Dallas. <laughs> Uh, and then Oak, and then Oak Cliff used to be uh, a a whole city of its own, and it was annexed into Dallas and became a part of Dallas. So now it's this massive land that some people draw lines at, at interstate lines that it would be like two hundred twenty thousand people in that population, one neighborhood. And then some people make it smaller; it's more like seventy five thousand. We live in that smaller area, but you want to reach all people, and and we want to be a multi ethnic church. We're trying to cross-cultural boundaries, but there's so much distinction, so much division, so many walls up. So when you say figure it out, it's like you might start to understand one part of it, then there's layers underneath it. Uh, and then and then appreciating it and, and valuing it with gentrification coming in. And I mean, there's so many things that uh, that we really want to have deep roots. We want to say this is our this is our neighborhood, this is our family, this is our city uh, before we start doing anything. Uh, so yeah, it's I'm a slow person in general. I just, I'm very cautious. So, uh, yeah, I would be, I, I don't know if I ever say I figured it out. <laughs> well, I, I figured it out. Okay. So. I, that's why I, I hang out with Trey. That's why I hang out with Trey. Because he's got it figured out. <laughs> he said the people are kind. I, I, I say certainly. There, there is a, a kindness about it. People want to be friends. There's no, there's no oceans. There's no mountains. There's not a whole lot uh, that draws you to Dallas other than food and culture and and relationship and the Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys. Right. God has shined a light, sure. part of the clouds, and and everybody moves there with this understanding that I'm moving there for community, and that's different than anything I've experienced. So people want to hang out. They're in their yards, uh, in their they the restaurants are set up so that you can fellowship, uh, and so I really appreciate that. Kendrick, you said something that I want you to elaborate on a little bit. So you said that you moved there. Um, and that you have been slow moving because you want to get to know people and uh, you want to get to know your community and get to know the culture. Um, that is so far the opposite of what so many people do mm. when they move into a space and they have an idea of what they want to do. Most people move in with a strategic plan and they're like, I will do nothing to deviate from this plan. I will do this plan because this is the best plan and I'm going to tell people what they need because I know what they need. So your mentality is so different mm. from what so many of us have seen, especially in the church world. 
Uh, and so I just I just want you to expound on that a little bit. Why did you decide to do things that way? How has it been going? Um, and even just how are you how are you experiencing God in different ways because you're not going in with that yeah. strategic plan? That's a good that's a good question. It has uh, been a process because we my my family is uh, from Louisiana uh, in general. We live different places, but. We started, my wife and I married, my kids were born in a city called Monroe, Louisiana. Shout out, Monroe, if you're out there. Uh, and it's a different town, slow pace, uh, but, but still a city for its region. People come to Monroe for things. Uh, and we planted a church there in 2014, and we're there doing, like, ground level, just trying to build relationships, trying to help people see the church is more than an event. Like, let's, we're not just gathering to sing songs, uh, but we're an everyday being, an organism uh, in the culture. And so that that's where the, a lot of that was initiated, just the hard work of church playing, which everyone here, you know what it is. And so we were there six years uh, and seeing some fruit, seeing some life, but we, were, we started drifting towards this sort of, what do the people want, uh, which is every organization does. Like, you want to keep people happy. That's a part of it. Uh, and to some degree, that's a valuable part of it. But you can begin to drift back and slide into easy things or structural things that can start to take you away from you drift away from that mission and that vision. Uh, and that began to burden me in different ways. And it's still a healthy church. It still exists. So we had some other leaders come in and I was sent out to Dallas. Uh, so moving to Dallas, we knew right away we were going to go slow because of that. We wanted to we wanted to set it up in a way that we could actually have relationship and actually know one another because intimacy is what we deeply desire, this, this sort of being known and being loved, and that's how God loves us. We want to hear Him affirm us in those ways. So how can we be a, a people who have a culture where we actually know one another and we aren't just going through the motions and become these pretending or performing uh, mm. cogs in a machine? Uh, and so that was that was the plan, February 2020. Bought a house. Oh my God! Space for it. We we were ready for community. <laughs> Three weeks later, the city shuts down. The world shuts down. COVID changes everything. Um, so we had these ideas of moving slowly, and God said, "Actually, you need to move even slower." <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so it it became this. The pandemic became a catalyst for what was already in our hearts. Uh, and I heard a quote. I think it was Eugene Peterson. Um, sometimes. Uh, you need to slow down to go the pace of God, uh, yeah. something like that. I probably really messed it up, but that's that is been true for us in this season uh, of of seeing you can't really know people unless you give it the time it needs. And we have this culture that uh, even in the church, this church culture that says, get it up as fast as you can. Where's your results? What are your yeah. metrics? What what numbers do you have? What money are you bringing in? Uh, and all these different ways of measuring it. And I just don't want anything to do with it. it was, it's kind of like this minimalist uh, version of Christianity that the pandemic spurred on. Now we have all this deconstruction going on, and there's this desire to strip away some of those things that's a growing need. Uh, and so uh, so it's been something in us and something we regret it shifting from, something we've tried to come back to. Pandemic has increased. And so it's so obvious to me this is the grace of God, the Spirit of God moving in a way that can help us see we are beings. Let's learn how to be. And when we can learn how to be, then we can see our doing flow rightly from that. So it's not easy because I, I still question it. I still have hesitation. I still am tempted to slide back into things, but it's been very fruitful for us personally. There's a depth to it that is refreshing. Yeah. Something I've seen just in Kendrick 
is like I would I would call it strategically slow. Like I wouldn't take the strategic out of it. Like it's mm. he's moving strategically slow, but it's strategic, and like I'm learning from it, and I'm um, it's it's blessed me to watch him just watch his process and, and learn from it. So Trey, you were um, you were an already existing church uh, pre-pandemic. Did you? But but you recently got a building. Did you get that? Like, t- talk to us about Speaking that. Speaking of February 2020, that's when we got the building. Mm-hmm. Like February, this maybe that's the link to this. Like February 2020, <laughs> man. Like we we get this this building. God blesses us with this building. We've we're a six year old church at the time. Uh, we were four for you know four and a half year, years old but uh we've been we started in a movie theater for a year we were in a movie theater in this plush beautiful movie theater with reclining seats and uh, we had to leave there because we couldn't like have because congregants kept falling asleep because well yeah. uh, of course not during my sermons but during the, <laughs> oh right, uh, right. right. maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah they were like reclining yeah, and just kicking it during like the jesus, sermons like, like jesus would right Amen. like like they were getting they were biblical for real like <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> And so we, we left the movie theater because we couldn't exp- we couldn't kick it afterwards. We had to get out because Toy Story Four was showing. <laughs> whatever, you know? And so then we moved to this gymnasium where we had to transform this gymnasium week after week into a church into an intimate space. Mm, tell me more about how hard you, you that know is. about yeah. that. You know about that. <laughs> uh, and so like we did that for three years, and our our volunteers were just tired. I was tired. It was taken five hours to set up this space jeez um you know before church and church is only hour long or whatever and so it's like this is a lot of work for something we're just doing you know anyways and so we did that for three and a half years everyone was tired we started looking for space and god blesses us with this building blesses us with this beautiful building in the heart of keller um what five different buildings it's you know small little campus there in, in old town keller but um, we get it in February and we're like, we're going to do all this stuff. We're going to take our time and wait till Easter. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're, we're going to take our time, move slow instead of jumping right in. We'll wait till Easter. Um, and so February hits March, 2020 Man. COVID hits and the world stopped. The world stops. We can't use this building that we've been waiting for, you know? And so, um, we have to go to virtual services um, and it was crazy, like to have this, like, I, I would go to the building every day and just look around, you know, <laughs> just look around like, man, but we couldn't use it. We couldn't use it. Um, and that was, man, that it, it affected me. It, it, it took away my, I, I was robbed of my joy during that time. Mm-hmm. I was robbed of my joy during that time. And um that's a whole nother topic we'll talk about but um so so yeah so um we can't meet in the building um december comes um we start moving back into the building we get back into the building you know there's this excitement we've got a new worship leader we've got this new space it's cool it's exciting um but then there's some some city regulated work we have to get done we got to get a new sprinkler system installed fire sprinkler system um, and so the plan was, hey, June, July, we'll take, you know, June, July, we'll, we'll get this sprinkler system installed and kind of manage it to where they'll, they'll do the classrooms first and we can still be in there. Then they'll do the sanctuary and then we'll move to the other side. Um, they start testing everything and find out there's asbestos mm-hmm. in the ceilings. Mm-hmm. Devil. 
Yeah. Yes, asbestos in the ceilings, and that's like a very, 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 very big deal. Yeah. And it's not even like it's in the popcorn. It's in the popcorn in the paint, like the popcorn, you know. And so uh, we had to remove all the the seal, all the ceilings in the entire building. If you were to walk into the well right now, there'd be there's no ceilings. There's no ceilings in the well at all. Um, uh, and so, um, so like that's like the 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 tension we're in right now. We're in a battle with the insurance company, trying to get you know funding to help us do this. We're trying to get people to work in the midst of COVID and supplies are supply and demand. You know, it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy season. And again, I just keep like feeling discouraged from all this because like we've got this new building. We can't use it. I'm walking in. I'm still, you know, going up there once a week now and just mm-hmm. looking around like we have no ceilings in here. Like we can't have church in this building that we're paying for. If your next sermon series is not titled No, no Ceilings, ceilings bro. I don't know what you're doing. It's actually oh. under construction. Oh, oh, next oh series, I see what is, you did there. Well, well, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as if the as if the yeah, pandemic uh, wasn't a, f- a forced enough time of introspection and self awareness, um, what has all of this stuff like as a pastor as a pastor of a church plant specifically? Um, and being, and being where you are, like, what has that shown you about what the church is, who Jesus is, um, and where you guys, where, how things have changed from there? Yeah. So, um, so I've been in Philippians for about, um, three months, just kind of studying it. Um, and we did sermon series on it. Um, but I was just, I was reading it and, um, in uh, Philippians chapter one, verse 18, there's this phrase that Paul uses, and it's become my mantra in life. In English, it's what does it matter? Mm. What does it matter? Uh, in Greek, it's tagar. But um, I, just, I just started focusing on this word, this phrase, like what does it really matter? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we don't have a building, but what does it really matter? Is, is the gospel being preached? Mm-hmm. Is Jesus being edified? The answer is yes. Therefore, yes. I learned that Jesus is pleased with the well. That's good. Yes. Jesus yeah. is pleased with it. None of that matters. Building doesn't matter. Um, like we're meeting, we're meeting outside. We've been meeting outside for the last yeah. month and a half. And it's been amazing to just warm, be warm weather states. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, warm, hot weather. <laughs> let's let's hot. say that. 100, 100, it's been 100 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's about 100 degrees in our gym. All right, well, <laughs> that's another story. I don't, I, don't, I don't need it from you, too. Okay? <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, we've been meeting outside, but it's been, it's been amazing. Like, it's been beautiful to just be outside of the, the four walls, and it's been a reminder that the church is not about a building. Mm-hmm. In fact, that doesn't matter. Tagar. What, what does it matter? Say it again. It's not about a building. It's, it's about the people. And people have been coming. People have been... Like the where we've been meeting is right right by the the city park, and so people are walking their dogs and jogging, and they'll stop and join us for service, and and uh, it's just been a beautiful, 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 beautiful experience, and it's brought us closer together. As that four four beautiful is just legit, <laughs> and so um, so yeah, that has been probably the greatest lesson, and I've taken this tagar like this tagar like on my screensaver, it's like tagar everywhere, Kendrick. When we talk, you know, I try to throw that in wherever I can, but like it's parenting and and my parents and everything. It's like, does it like sometimes I get on my children like Mason, you're, you're smacking at the table, close your mouth. You're (laughs) chewing way too loud. 
you know, like those kind of things get to me. Or Hannah, you're you're not sitting up to the table when you put the fork to your mouth. You're dropping your food on the floor. If you would sit up to the table, you know, just like stuff. Tagar. Tagar. And I just have to. <laughs> I just said to myself, Tagar. Alice looks at me like my wife. She's like Tagar, Trey. Tagar. Tagar. But like, it really doesn't matter. These things that we stress about, really, in the big scheme of things, don't matter. Yeah. And our lives would be so much better if we would just realize that and walk into that and like, like slow down a little bit. Hey, hey! I felt it. Hey, do, do, are we doing? Are we doing that today? Hey, let's go. It's <laughs> a close on this podcast, right there. To go, <laughs> glory, <laughs> glory. That's the best app on the. <laughs> so, with that, what words of encouragement would you give to people who may find themselves in similar situations? Right. The world is slowed down, and all of our lives is slowed down incredibly. So, what word? Kendrick, would you give to those who are who are seeking or forced to be strategically slow right now? Mm. Uh, so what has helped me uh, when the tensions arise, because, you know, it stirs up in us. The reality is we are we're desperate for something. Every human being is desperate for something. And the being human is where we find the freedom. So what has encouraged me deeply is seeing Jesus as a human being. Uh, knowing he's my savior, knowing he's accomplished all things. Uh, and in Colossians, it says he's, he's human and the, the fullness of God is pleased to dwell in him. And so there's some stability, there's some, there's some freedom in the realization that we as human beings, broken and far from our creator, have been brought back near to him and the fullness of God is pleased to dwell in us. It doesn't just, it's not just in us, he's pleased to be with us. And, and seeing that helped me be, just be human. And with all the vulnerability, with all the flaws, with all the mistakes that come with that, there's freedom to just be who I am, knowing that God is pleased with me. And just as Jesus was baptized and, and the Father spoke, this is my son with whom I'm pleased, he says that about us. Uh, and and the, the freedom to, to know that this anticipation of one day hearing, well done, isn't contingent on the doing all the work, but it, it's on the being. You trying to hit that ass? I'm trying to push the praise button. I, w- I want to be free to be human. Uh, and, and when we can do that, we can move at whatever pace we're designed to move. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so... Everything's bigger in Texas, even the sermons. Let me praise God. Let me let me ask uh, a follow up because we're like practicality is so important. Um, absolutely, I agree with everything that you just said. What do you do mm. when people do come at you? Yeah. Uh, with so, but what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're saying you're like, oh yeah, okay, you're saying you want to be free to be, and and that's great, mm-hmm. and that's good. But like, what are you doing? Like, tell me why or how or because you know there's cynics, there's yeah. cynics everywhere. Yeah. And so, in a in like a day to day, trying to be in that practice of um, being content with being a being human and being present and and being on your own timeline not other people's um practically how do you do that and what are some things what are some things that even when your mind starts telling you 
things like, oh, you're not being productive. What did you actually accomplish? Like, yeah. what? How yeah. do you combat that? So, so the thing motivating those questions and the thing motivating the shame that I would be tempted to respond in mm-hmm. would be the fear. Uh, and and if I mean that's everybody since Adam and Eve in the garden, afraid, running. To, to cover themselves up, we've all been running in this fear. And so that fear is going to manifest itself in these options. Am I going to pretend I know what I'm doing? Or am I going to perform like I actually believe I know what I'm doing? Or am I going to rest in the freedom of actually being who I am? So it's, as people come to me with those questions, if that rises up in me, I can check I can check it in myself, and then I can be empathetic. That yeah. That's coming up in them. Uh, and so I don't feel the pressure to to meet their expectations in that moment. And then the every day, I, I, it's a struggle. There's a tension. I want to have produced something at the end of the day. I want to have evidence that my being is worth something. And, and the temptation is to look at what I produce, and that's going to give me the value that I'm desiring. And so returning to finding the value in who I am, not in what I'm doing, is what every human being has to do. So I, I practice some things. I, I have some meditative type things. I, there's some breathing exercises when the anxiety rises up. Because anxiety is, is the toxic side of that fear. But what's beautiful about God is He redeems all things. So the fear in us can be leveraged for good. The fear yeah. in us gives us wisdom. You know, that's where that's where wisdom starts, is fear of God, fearing right things. And the fear also leads us to faith. It's a it's a realization that there's a there's a place for me. And if I'm where I belong, the fear of what's above me, God, the only thing above us, the fear of Him puts me in the right place. And if I'm in the right place, then I'm free from the anxiety because I don't have to worry about what I'm producing. I can trust God to work in me and through me to produce what He wants to produce. So, so the things that center me on the being, the realization that everybody's struggling with this, there's no, there's no need to perform for anybody. Everybody has this struggle. That, that's, there's more and more freedom as I lean into those things, yeah. And then, and then stuff does happen. So I know that there is things have to be done, but we just don't focus on the doing. The doing is an overflow of being who we're who we're meant to be. There it is. That's awesome. And paired with man, paired with Tegar. What does it matter? Tegar. Tegar. That's right. That's so good. You guys, thank you for being with us. I'm excited to have you here for the next few days. Um, and listen, if you if you have been if your interest has been piqued and you have been challenged or you have enjoyed uh, hearing Kendrick and Trey, we will um, put some links to uh, to their stuff in the description on this podcast. So if you want to be able to find them to hear their sermons, to um, just follow what it is that they're doing. Um, We will link all that stuff up in the description. Thanks for being with us. As always, uh, we'll be back with you in two weeks. What's up? Try on the move. Let's go.